Uni Taster Days proudly presents The Uni Guide For students, parents and teachers This is the guidance podcast you need to support you With all things about university Welcome back to episode 10 of the Uni Guide podcast Here's some audio clues that detail what we're going to be exploring in this episode we work very closely with a list of high schools, sixth forms and colleges. And our programme was basically put in place to support young people. And it's 100% free for all taking part. No matter where they come from, no matter what their background is. High Horizons are one of 29 UniConnect networks dotted all around England. Again, it's about being that kind of impartial source of information. Informing students to whatever their decision, whether it's apprenticeships, whether it's whether it's going into work, whether it's going to university, just give them that information. Being somebody that they can ask those questions that they maybe don't know who to ask or where to go. And you just think this programme is so, 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 so good. So, 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 so good. And parents heard it, teachers heard it, and and it's just brilliant. And, and, And long may it continue. Yes, that's right. We're going to be discussing an amazing national outreach programme that's very dear to both John and myself. And it goes by the name of the UniConnect programme. This programme has provided informed advice and support to many, many young people over the last six years when discussing higher education and making decisions on their options. One being whether they go to university or not and if it's right for them. Um, Before we meet our special guest, I'm going to welcome back my trusty co-host John from UniTaster Days. John, welcome back to the pod. How are we today? Looking forward to this one? Really good. Thank you, Tim. Really good to be part of this event, looking at UniConnect. I'm a massive, massive, massive fan and advocate of the UniConnect programme. So I'm so delighted to have the opportunity to talk more about it. So students, parents, teachers, find out more about the programme. And a big hello, Hannah. Really good to to be talking to you on this podcast. Thank you, John. Yes, a big UniGuide welcome to our special guest today, which is Dr. Hannah Merry from Higher Horizons. Welcome, Hannah, to the UniGuide. Hi both. Yeah, I'm doing doing well. Thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on to talk about one of my favourite subjects, um, which is a bit sad, actually, considering it's my job as well. But I do love the programme um, and delighted to be on today to talk a little bit more about the work we do. Thank you, Hannah. Great to have you with us. As a starting point, you're from Higher Horizons, which is one of 29 partnerships. Can you just tell us some more information about the area you look after? Yes. Yeah, so Higher Horizons covers Staffordshire, Shropshire and Cheshire. But within that, there are kind of particular towns I guess that we are focused on so areas like Stoke-on-Trent, Crewe, Warrington, uh, Shrewsbury over in Burton Um, the kind of I guess largely we're talking about kind of post-industrial towns across those three counties. Thank you Hannah and we'll get into some of those experiences within your area very soon. Uh, What we like to do on this podcast is set our guest and John a challenge And what we've got for you is we've got 30 seconds for you to name as many of the 29 UniConnect partnerships across England in that time. Before I ask you to do so, it'd just be good to see your confidence levels of of how you're going to do this. John, how many do you think you can name in 30 seconds? John? In 30 seconds, Tim, Mm -hmm. I reckon. um, Well, last time we did this challenge, my pen stopped working. So... I'm going to test Excuse my pen. Excuses. Yeah. It works, right? So yeah. I reckon I can not no down. I reckon I could do 10. 10. I like it, John. Very confident. What about you, Hannah? Do you think you can beat John's 10? I, I, I feel like I should be able to, and I would give it a very good go. 
Okay, that sounds like challenge accepted to me. So the gauntlet's thrown down and it's for a cream egg. Name as many as you can in 30 seconds. Off you go. Listeners, please play along if you like. And to pass the time, here's some jazzy music. enough of that time is up john i'm going to go to you first how many did you get well i was was still writing tim so so my mind was still thinking of them but i actually only if i'm honest i wrote down one two three four five six seven eight but in my defense the knowledge was there my pen was just not as fast as my in for probably the first time in my life my pen was not as fast as my brain i've got 11 but they're i'm not sure how legible the writing is 11. Brilliant. Looks like the cream egg is going to be off to Stoke-on-Trent, John. Um, Okay, Hannah, if you can name the 11 that you've got, and if you can, chuck in the location as well, just for the listener's benefit. Okay, so I obviously started with High Horizons. Um, That's us, as you, all the listeners will remember. I've got Greater Manchester Higher, as the name suggests, based in Manchester. Shaping Futures, based up in Merseyside and Liverpool. Aim Higher West Midlands, they're based in the kind of Birmingham area. Dankop, which is Derby and Nottingham. Go Higher West Yorkshire, um, as the name suggests, that's kind of the Leeds area. Uh, Aspire to HE, Wolverhampton. Aspire Higher, which are definitely one, but I can't remember exactly where they are. I think maybe Northampton sort of area, possibly. Hertfordshire. Yep, that's right, Hertfordshire, keep going. Um, Make Happen, which is Essex, mm-hmm. um, the Northeast. Um, I think they're still called the Northeast Collaborative Outreach Program. Outreach Northeast. Um, they're up in Newcastle proper, Newcastle, not the Newcastle that is very closely located to where I live. And Hop, which is the Humberside Outreach Program. Brilliant, Hannah. Here's your cream egg. The victor gets the spoils. John, did you get any that Hannah didn't? Well, I'm very happy about this because I always consider Hannah one of the few. Uh, Uniconnect oracles and I got one in my list that Hannah didn't say and that's the now fingers crossed I've not cheated here so fingers crossed I say this right they I, I call them win but it's the Wessex inspiration network um based at the uh, the central university for that is the University of Bath or Bath as some people say uh every every other one looking at my list there I, I got a lot of them um, that Hannah said, um, but I've got no other ones on my list that Hannah didn't say. Um, but what we could do, I suppose, is have a look at the ones we... Let's find out the ones we missed. <laughs> I like it, John, putting back the pressure on me. I, used, I worked for, for the privilege of working for two of these partnerships. So it would be a remiss of me not to mention Nico in East Anglia. Uh, I've got Camcop in uh, Kent, Medway. You've got Think High in West Midlands. Futures U, Lancashire, Fylde Coast, um, Hello Futures in Cumbria, um, Hep, Hepsi in Yorkshire, Inspiring Choices, uh, got Link Higher in Lincolnshire, of course, more Sun, so you've got the Sun Network, which is the Southern Universities Network, which is kind of Southampton, Portsmouth Way, 
pathways in Leicestershire, Groves in Gloucestershire Way. I'm struggling a little bit. Um, Next Steps Southwest. Yep, shout out to Mary who's listening in Plymouth. Fantastic work that you do. Any others? There's always a few you forget. Futures Quest. Yep, Futures Quest. That's one. Um, sorry if I've left any out. Um, you're all doing amazing work. Uh, with that said, we're going to go to our special guest now, Hannah. She just finished her cream egg in celebration. Uh, John, you've got some questions. We're going to go over to you. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about what the UniConnect program is and, and what, what it does? Yeah, so the UniConnect program um, was originally launched under a different name, actually. So if you haven't heard of the UniConnect program, you might have heard of NCOP, which stands for the National Collaborative Outreach Program. It was launched in 2017 and it was Put very simply, it was designed to support young people to access university, no matter what their background was. So we know that there are some parts of the country where not as many young people go to university. We know that some young people face different challenges along the way. Um, and we know that there are some kind of groups, demographic groups of students who may face additional barriers in accessing university. And our programme was basically put in place to support young people no matter where they come from, no matter what their background is, to be able to make an informed choice about HE. And that, for me, is the important part as well. It's not about forcing young people to go and do something that they don't necessarily want to do. It's about giving them all the information that somebody maybe whose parents have both been to university, that goes, that kind of has that expectation that they will go. There's also probably young people out there who that maybe haven't thought about it. They haven't got people kind of helping them, supporting them along the way. That's where we come in to give them all the information, the experiences, everything that they might need to be able to decide if they want to go to university and if they do, where they want to go, what they want to study. Thanks, Hannah. And the key word that I picked up on there, of course, is informed, informed choice, informed decisions. So within your area, you've got several kind of universities, colleges, etc. You've got Kiel, Staffordshire. Uh, you're not working and representing these and selling a place to the, those universities. You're you're giving an overview of all the options and choices that are available in your area, aren't you? And it'd just be good to maybe give a few examples of the work that you do, the amazing work you do in these communities. Yeah, so that, well, that is it exactly. So that is the real value of the programme. It is everybody working together. So it is, in, in our case, um, every area is a little bit different, but broadly speaking, how it works is that the kind of big, sixth form colleges fe colleges and universities in an area will kind of get together and all do this work in collaboration which is really great because it means you know it's not kind of it's not one university coming in and saying we're a big university locally we're really great why don't you come to us it's about presenting young people with those options as you say um but yeah the kind of specifics of what we do is we work very closely with a list of high schools sixth forms and colleges they were kind of suggested to us by the government so it is a government funded program um, and we're targeted to areas where there are a few young people who go to university but the kind of the academic attainment so the GCSE results suggest that young people have got the ability to go to university and so the actual stuff we do I guess on a day-to-day basis is work with those schools to put together a program of activities that are going to help people make those choices. So it might be workshops in school, talking about what are their options at 16. So are they going to go to sixth form? Are they going to go to college? Are they going to do A-levels, B-techs, T-levels, an apprenticeship? How that would lead them on then to 
um, kind of university choices at 18. Um, we also do kind of work around combating myths around student finance, explaining how the UCAS application works, explaining how you go about choosing what university you want to go to, what are the differences with the university. So it's about giving them all that information. Um, but we also get the young people we work with um, up onto campus, seeing what it's like for themselves, making sure they're kind of comfortable in that environment. They know what to expect, what learning at university is like. It is very different from school, which I think sometimes young people don't always know or um, don't always appreciate. So it's about getting them there and seeing what it's like for themselves as well. And then we also do some work around um, supporting exams. So kind of revision skills, study skills, um, helping young people kind of develop those skills that are going to help them throughout their education. Thanks, Hannah. Um, it's so useful to hear more about kind of the different activities and, and, and all the benefits. And, and Tim and I are both huge fans of, of UniConnect. And I think that will come across loads, hopefully, during this podcast. But there'll be some of our listeners that perhaps don't know, you know obviously so much about the, the program and the benefits. And so if you kind of put you on the spot here, but say students, parents and teachers, do you mind just like going through perhaps some of the benefits if you're a student of the program, some of the benefits to parents of students and also some of the benefits to teachers, you know, with their school groups of the program as well? Yeah, so I would say for the young people that are involved, first of all, everything is absolutely free. So there's no cost to anybody at any stage along the way. and hopefully for them they will be able to get exposure to all different kinds of universities they'll be able to get some really good guidance impartial information about what their options are what help is out there where they could go what they could do we're just there to be that kind of source of information it's then up to them to kind of go away and think about that and make their own choices but hopefully they will get to take part in kind of a suite of activities that are good fun we do try and make them fun um you know getting students onto campus and doing something fun in the labs for example if they're doing a kind of science taste today um or doing something maybe with equipment or something that they haven't got in school we've done things around kind of music production or video editing with some of the kind of big editing suites and stuff that they've got at some of our universities and that kind of thing so hopefully they will just have fun on our activities. We do hope that is um, something that happens every time we have young people visiting us or we are visiting them in school. But yeah, secondly, as I say, it is about having somebody that they can trust to get that kind of impartial information from. We haven't got an agenda, really. It's great for us if they do decide they want to go to university, but it's also great for us having considered all the information if they think, actually, I'm not going to go to university, I'm going to go into the workplace and do some training that way, or I'm going to do something different. Um, it is about presenting all the options. So hopefully that's what young people get out of it. I think for parents, we at High Horizons do do some events for parents in our schools. We're kind of, we're there at parents evening with a stand and they can come over and ask us any questions that they might have. Again, it's about being that kind of impartial source of information, being somebody that they can ask those questions that they maybe don't know who to ask or where to go particularly if kind of parents or carers haven't been to university themselves but their young people want to go and they need somebody to kind of ask about that um, I would say as well a lot of the partnerships and we certainly do at High Horizons we have a lot of resources on our website as well so they are just free to access for anyone so parents can go on there and get some kind of quick information about particular things um, and for teachers 
we are their kind of gateway to all the local universities in the area um, and all the kind of activities that are going on. If their school is eligible for the UniConnect programme, they will be able to access so many different activities that will help their school meet the Gatsby benchmarks. It'll slip into their kind of careers programme. And there might be, I guess, the programme has had a few funding cuts in the last couple of years, but we do also try to reduce some of the financial barriers around kind of, you know, visiting universities. We can support a little bit with transport costs and some of that kind of thing. Um, so there's kind of opportunities there, I guess, to make it easier for schools to engage in this kind of activity. But I always say that we, for schools, particularly for teachers, we are just the gatekeepers. So it's not necessarily about, you know, contacting one of our members of staff who might happen to be based at Keele University. Well, that doesn't mean they can only sort out that school visiting Keele University. They could visit any um, university in our partnership. And increasingly, because we are a national programme, we all talk to each other. We can also often help with kind of visits out of the area too, which are really important in helping show young people what all their options are. I'll just jump in really quickly, just with one example um, of, and we'll talk about impacts later on. But but coincidentally, I actually was part of a, an event yesterday that High Horizons were, were hosting. It's a celebration event. And, and basically students from a, a certain school have attended a programme over seven weeks. So we're, what, and, and basically the celebration was students completing the program they, they basically graduated from the program as such so they got certificates they got awards there's there's refreshments provided and loads and loads and loads of parents came it's so lovely like there's a, a hall full of people you had students there you had parents there you had teachers and honestly events that UniConnects do and this is the high horizons event but there's there's 28 other red networks out there that are going to be doing such good things and and it's so 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 inspiring and and to you know, speak to parents that perhaps haven't been to university themselves and and for them to say, you know what, we didn't know about student finance. We didn't know about avenues in terms of university. And the thing that Hannah touched on, which I just reinforce one more time, is it's not about convincing every single student to go to university, not for one second. What, it is, what, what it's all about is informing. And Tim's mentioned that as well, that informing students to whatever their decision, whether it's apprenticeships, whether it's, whether it's you know, going into work, whether it's going to university, just give them that information so that they go on to make brilliant decisions and, and the data is there like there's so much impact data as part of that event i won't keep on harping on about the event but it's really fresh in my mind and, and i found it so inspiring the there was a high horizons presentation and again other networks will do the same thing and there's talking about impact basically saying that this percentage of students previously would have considered university this is a percentage now and, and that was one of many examples and, and you just think this program is so 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 good so 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 good and parents heard it teachers heard it in and it's just brilliant and, and, and long may it continue that brings us to the end of part one join us after this short break for part two when we'll be sharing some amazing stories of the impact this program UniConnect is having on so many young people welcome back listeners to part two we're exploring the UniConnect program with our special guest which is Dr Hannah Merry we've got some quick fire questions for you Hannah which we imaginely call in this section Quick fire with Hannah. Quick fire with Hannah. So Hannah, a lot, a lot of listeners will be wondering, you know, perhaps what does Hannah do as a job? What, you know, day to day, what do you do? What, what's your background, etc. So what I'm going to do now is just ask you some really quick fire questions, get some quick answers. Um, and it's all about you, Hannah. So uh, Dr. Hannah Mary, um, this, is, uh, this is your life as it was. Uh, so firstly, what do you do as a job now? Uh, so I am the head of High Horizons Operations, which is just a fancy way of saying I make sure everything that's supposed to happen does happen. 
across our network. So just making sure activities are happening, making sure everybody's where they need to be, making sure we've got the money, all that kind of stuff, just keeping things ticking along. So Hannah, we know you're a primary school governor, right? Note for the listeners, Tim and I actually do do some research. This doesn't just happen. Um, we did do some research and we found out that Hannah is a primary school governor. Um, loads of people say that programmes such as UniConnect and, and other government funded programmes that's out there should start with students younger than it does now. And I think, am I right, Hannah, that UniConnect starts with year nine at the moment. So do you think the programme should start with students younger than it does now? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think, unfortunately, where we are at the moment, it's kind of a, a budget capacity issue that we don't. But yeah, 100%, all the kind of research suggests that a lot of the maybe stereotypes that students kind of develop around particular subjects, who can study this, who can go there and do this, who can do these jobs, all that stuff starts in primary school. So if you can get in there early and start students kind of and then support them throughout their education, I think, you you know, the impact's going to be huge. So, yeah, I would love to do more work with primary schools. Right. Two now. And we're going to get controversial. And I'm pretty sure I know what the first answer is going to be. But I'll ask you it, Hannah. So uh, what is your biggest frustration when it comes to the UniConnect programme? Uh, the funding being confirmed annually, maybe. Um, yeah. So for people who don't know, uh, we are funded by the government. And because of that, the government is given a budget every year, which means we are only given our budget every year. Um, so we're in the kind of fun three month, three weeks or so of the year where we kind of keep thinking we're going to find out how much money we've got for next year. We've not found out yet. And it's a bit frustrating because, you know, it means that the staffing isn't as stable as we'd like it to be. People in our team feel like they need to be somewhere where they know they're definitely going to have a job next year and that kind of thing. So. And it's, you know, equally, it must be frustrating for schools as well, because they never know with any kind of certainty what our activities are going to look like in the next year. And we know we know that schools will be planning kind of next year's interventions in the summer term, you know, so that they can kind of come back and hit the ground running in the autumn. So it can be a little bit frustrating. But yeah, more uh, long, more kind of confirmed long term funding would be very nice. Yep, 100 percent. Yeah, definitely. I think every single Unicornet network is going to be uh, saying exactly the same thing there. Uh, and because, you know, for example, you see like you know, when when jobs come up on the Unicornet program, you've got like fixed term contracts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know that's just one of many examples of the challenges that you have. But yeah, um, completely uh, relate to that. Right. Uh, putting you on the spot massively. Right. If you could change one thing about the Unicornet program uh, and perhaps we will make it different to the one that we just spoke about. Um, so if you could change one thing about the UniConnect programme, if you were given the opportunity, what would it be? I, so we, for, as we've already alluded to, we have to collect quite a lot of data and evaluation kind of materials and things like that from schools. At the moment, all that is dependent on the schools we work with, um, kind of signing up to our data sharing agreements and giving us that data. I know for any teachers listening that that can be quite a lot of work as well for the schools, getting that together and getting it over to us and that kind of thing. And we, we are ultimately funded by the Department for Education as our schools. They're the ones that have all that data on young people and schools. And yet, to my mind, it would just make sense for the DfE to be able to give us that and take the burden off schools and mean that we can kind of do all our evaluation and have the data that we need um, and it would mean that kind of the schools that we work with can just focus on 
taking part in our activities, getting them slotted into timetables, making sure young people who are going to benefit from them the most are the ones taking part. So that's quite a, I don't know, that kind of reveals, I guess, what my job is, because I'm the one that's often chasing that kind of stuff up and very nicely having to ask teachers to please give us things. But um, yeah, it, it would be great if somebody could just wave a magic data wand and give us everything we need so that we and the schools don't have to think about that too much and to be honest, yeah that that's such a great point because it makes and it makes such sense and you know a, a real example of that for example is you could run a brilliant session with i'd imagine you know say 25 students had came out of the session and said that is the best most useful most informative session i've ever been to in my life you have literally changed my life as a result of it unless there is any data written down about that that data that information has no impact whatsoever mm. other than making the person that delivered it feeling you know, that they are changing lives and and I think that is a challenge. But I think, again, you know, I've, I've, I've been fortunate to, to listen into a few sessions and watch a few sessions. And, and the challenge is you could you know, run such a brilliant session for 50 minutes and then you spend the next 10 minutes of the, at the end of it collecting data about how useful it is and, and mm-hmm. because you need it. And you need the data because you know, it's, it's funding and stuff. But if there is a way of making it easier to collect this data that's there, then, oh God, yeah, wouldn't that be so much easier? And then students don't have to keep on writing their name, their date of birth, their yeah. on every single form. <laughs> Wouldn't that be brilliant? Here's hoping for the future. As you've both said though, the data is so important because of the funding. With that said, I'm just gonna provide some amazing stats that illustrate the impact of the UniConnect program, what it's done and what it continues to achieve. So just kind of for for context, the program was originally set up in 2017. Since then, over 1 million young people from underrepresented groups have engaged with the program. The funding to date, so roughly say, January 2017 to July this year, 2023, will compound a figure of £340 million. In 2020, 21, all partnerships were supporting just under 3,000 schools and colleges. And a report from last year showed that over half of all university outreach in England was being delivered by UniConnect programme. And I must say on a shoestring budget as well delivering fantastic results. Hannah, if we now focus on your regional area, your brilliant team at High Horizon supports and has done for a very long time. Uh, If we talk progression rates, so the continual journey of a person, a young person from school, college, accessing higher education, university, it would be great to kind of capture the impact that you've had locally within your area over those last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We've got some really good, I mean, we've we've been doing this since 2017 now and kind of collecting this data and um kind of monitoring the outcomes of the young people that we're working with seeing if they go to university where they go what kind of subjects they pick you know all that kind of stuff so we've got some really good data on this now so we know very very broadly speaking we know that in our areas around 25 percent of the young people would that was kind of the progression rate so before our program started around 25% of the young people in our areas would have gone on to university for the students that we work with and we've got five years worth of data now where this has been true we know that between kind of 45 and 50% of them go on to university which is much more in line with the kind of national average progression rate what we can kind of take from that I guess is that if you engage with our program you're kind of twice as likely to go to university as you maybe would have been if you didn't engage But we know, particularly for the young people that we work with, that once they've engaged, 
in our programs for five hours or more, that seems to be the real tipping point. And that is when the progression rates, the chances of them going to university really kind of jumps up. Um, and I should say when when I say university, what I actually mean is higher education. So that doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional university degree. That could be um, studying a higher education level course in a local college. It could be doing a high level apprenticeship or, you know, anything in between. It doesn't just have to be kind of three year um, bachelor's degree at a university. But yeah, we we see a real jump if they engage with us for five hours. That's when that impact seems to have been made and the kind of as that number ticks up they become much more likely to progress thanks hannah for sharing them really impressive stats and really impressive impact you're having from a data point of view at this stage i'd also like to give you the opportunity to share any kind of personal um, stories any case studies that illustrate the impact you're having on your young people there's a few that stick in the mind so there was one one student who so we run this program. It's it is possibly my favourite program that we run actually. Um, so I'll try not to talk about it too much, but it is one of my favourites. Um, it's called Whitewater Writers, and we take a small group of young people um, over a week, and they collaboratively write a novel together. And it's it is kind of about literary, you know, literacy skills and writing and English and all that kind of stuff. But more than anything, it's about getting them to believe that they can. Uh, you sit them down at the start of the week and tell them by the end of it, you will have a book in your hands that you have written. And it's about kind of teamwork and working together to make that happen. Every single group that we have ever done this programme with have always written a book by the end of the week. Um, we kind of self-publish them on Amazon. All the pro- They're all available to buy. All the proceeds go to the young people themselves. Um, sometimes they donate them to charity, but that is entirely up to them. But it, it's a fantastic programme. I adore it. But we had a young, um, a young student who took part in that program at her school when she was in year nine, and she really loved writing. Really, really loved it. Absolutely adored taking part in that project. We've got a um, online sort of question and answer platform. You can chat to members of our team on there. Um, and she got in touch with Richard, uh, who'd facilitated that program, on there and asked him a couple of follow-up questions. And then she disappeared for a little while. And then she took part in another activity that we did. She took part in another activity and she kept coming back and asking Richard questions. This went on throughout her kind of education. She loved writing so much that when she was in year 11, she wrote another another novel by herself, you know, without the support of a group. She just asked, she sent it to us and asked us to proofread it for her. Um, And it was really great. And we helped her self-published that on Amazon as well she donated all the proceeds to an anti-bullying charity because she'd had quite a tough time through school and then she just was she just kept getting in touch and taking parts in our activities and she she is at the stage of her education now where she is applying for universities for next year so she will be starting next September she visited a few open days she made some she'd kind of started to fill in a UCAS application and she got in touch with us again because she'd she was worrying that she'd made the wrong choice basically and she wanted to know if she could come and visit one of our partner universities because she was interested in applying there so again Richard who'd run that first intervention with her on Whitewater Writers kind of took her on a tour of this university set up a couple of meetings with the department that she was interested in studying in the academics 
and I am pleased to say she has applied and has been made an offer and will be joining that university in September so that for me is just a really nice story because it is it's somebody who's been engaged in the program throughout really took advantage of the kind of opportunity to have somebody there to ask questions if she didn't have anybody else um, and had somewhere to come back kept coming back to us and obviously felt that she kind of trusted us to support her and help her make those choices so that's that's one of the students that sticks out we also had another student who again had had quite a tough time she'd been in care been also supporting siblings and um, various things and she was on a course at college that she'd kind of signed up for but was sure was the wrong choice her tutor at college got in touch with us to kind of ask for a bit of help basically and advice about and she subsequently switched courses to I think she did a BTEC in engineering and we supported her throughout those two years she got really good grades at the end um and again she applied to a high-ranking university I won't name it but she uh, out of the out of the area but she's got a really good place to study an engineering degree at a great university so again it's just nice kind of little stories like that I think that's not to say that the, you know all the work we do is kind of very individualized like that but those two just kind of stick in the mind because they were students that we really supported throughout their education and yeah particularly the first student I think because she's coming to a university that is very close to where we are based so we might still get to see her and support her throughout her degree as well which would be really nice brilliant thanks so much for sharing Hannah and that's just a few examples of people that you've made such a difference to in that short space of time John lovely to hear and I absolutely love you know case studies like that and, and Hannah you know, mentioned that the, the support isn't necessarily individual but the actual fact that it can be is brilliant isn't it that that student has got you know it's not a case of that student just going to talks that have been put on by their school or workshop for the name workshops rather than talks that have been put on by a school they've got a signpost that they can reach out to if they need any additional support yeah, just to say that um, for anybody who is listening, if you are a teacher in a school um, and you are within Staffordshire, Shropshire or Cheshire, if you go to our website, which is highhorizons.co.uk, you can find your school in a drop down list on there and you'll be able to find out who your contact is and what you might be eligible for. Um, any parents or students listening, go onto our website and there are some resources on there as well. Um, and you can get in touch with us and ask us any questions you might have about college or university. Yes, and as a wider note, if you explore our show notes where you're getting this podcast, you'll be able to see and explore which partnership is supporting you locally within your region. John, over to you to close the episode. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks, Jim. Really enjoyed this um, this chat. It's um, such an important program and, and needs to be protected. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks both. Thanks for having me on. It's been it's been good. I've enjoyed it. You've been listening to the Uni Guide, the university guidance podcast which supports students, parents, and teachers with all things university. If you've got any comments, questions, suggestions, or absolutely anything else, get in touch with us using info at unitasterdays.com. But until then, please do stay tuned, like, share, give us a follow, and we look forward to seeing you soon.